online courses is more like a, it's a function that can be used by anybody that's got some sort of knowledge. Uh, but a lot of people who could be in online courses don't even know they have knowledge they could make a course out of. Welcome to Monday Mornings with Michelle, the new business podcast. Whether you're kicking off your day or kickstarting your business, Michelle is going to kick your ass into next week with the essential fours. Strategy, systems, support, and state of mind. Now, welcome to center stage, Michelle Nedelec. Hey there, peeps. This is Michelle Nedelec, and I am super glad that you're here with us today because I'm here with my most amazing guest, George. George, thank you so much for being here with us today. Oh, Michelle, thank you for having me. So let us know, who are you and what do you love to do? Um, well, I'm down here in Miami, Florida, so some people say that I live in a really exotic place, born and raised down here. Uh, for the last eight plus years, I've been running um, Larry Jacob Internet Marketing. Um, we specialize in building online courses for small business owners. Uh, we work with them from building the site, you know, a lot of the technology that goes into it, as well as working with them to analyze their markets, do some uh, market surveys, focus groups, uh, so that the courses they come up with not only sell, but sell profitably. So that's that's my world. I love it. So how did you get into all of that? Funny you should ask. <laughs> so... Um, in 2010 or so, I was running a side gig and I, I was working for a large company um, doing marketing for them. Um, I, I have a, a long technology background and as a result, marketing to people like myself was kind of what made a lot of sense for me. And um, on the side, just to make a couple extra dollars, I was working with people doing things like uh, MailChimp and AWeber, helping people with online marketing. And... Um, I had a customer ask me about this thing called Infusionsoft. Back then, Keep, I've got the shirt on, uh, was called Infusionsoft. <clears throat> and I go, well, you know, how hard can it be? And I jumped in and I, I never did business with that guy, but I ended up going, this is a really cool tool. Um, and a couple months later, I went to their user group and this was me kind of doing this as a sidekick. So I took a couple of days vacation, went out to Phoenix and I go, this is a really good tool. Uh, and I jumped into a mastermind group that was run by several, you know, more expert uh, Infusionsoft guys. One of which was a guy named Micah Mitchell, who today runs a company called Memberium. And he told me, hey, George, you know, web development, you got to learn how to do these membership sites, you know, and what later became online course platforms. And, and I even like fought him. I'm kind of going, really? Like, what's the big deal? And he goes, shut up and just learn how to do this. And, uh, you know, a couple, I, I kind of, you know, drank the Kool-Aid. And from 2014, 15 on, by then I had I was on my own. This was my full-time, uh, you know, business. Uh, all we've done is built online courses, primarily for people in the keep space. But as time goes on, we're servicing folks in a lot of other technology platforms and, the, you know, the add-ons that go with it. Nice. Love it. So what was it about um, Fusionsoft or Keepmax Classic that that struck you as powerful? What, what were the well, a, a lot of the tools that I was accustomed to using, again, MailChimp, AWeber, and Constant Contact, iContact were like the four that I was most familiar with, were really good at collecting names and sending out emails. And they were a way to 
send out email broadcasts and they focused on, you know, things like deliverability, making sure people got it. And they could tell you how many people had opened, how many people had clicked. So you had that, but there was no decision-making. There was no intelligence. And what, what Infusionsoft brought to the table and back then, by the way, the tool was a lot more primitive, but I'm a programmer. So that part didn't concern me too much. Um, you could come up and based on what somebody did or what button they clicked or what information they provided on a form, you could throw them into a sequence, a campaign. Back then they were called follow-up sequences. Now they're called campaign sequences. You could put people into different, what I like to call swim lanes. So that if someone showed behavior that seems like they're closer to buying or more interested in one topic versus another, then you could send them a stream of information that was geared more towards what their likes were. So you, you could kind of help work with uh, your audience to self-select them. And then we would be working with our clients to help them, you know, push people into sales funnels that make more sense for them. Nice. I love that. And larger corporations now are getting into this term of hyper-personalization. And I think it's kind of entertaining because you've been in this for 12 years now going, yeah, that's what we do. So what is it about this hyper-personalization or being able to put people in those swim lanes that makes the marketing kind of better and how? Yeah, you know, we're living, what was it? Was it Porn Identity, I think was the movie where the guy changes his eyeballs and the advertising starts talking to him in, in Japanese or Chinese or something because they were they were pinning you based on your your retinas. That's kind of the way they would market to you. And man, the stuff we have now is even better because I'm telling you, just the other day, um, somebody told me uh, about you know one of these um, food programs where they deliver food to your house. And I, I just did a search and something. And before I know it, Facebook is you know showing me just about every potential food type of program you can be in. So um, I mean, the large companies are, I want to say catching up, but a lot of these technologies are, are really best used in the hands of small business owners where you don't have committees and decision-making that's really slow. And, you know, you can kind of use the intelligence that you gather as you go and get better and better. Um, but yeah, I mean, large companies can do it too, but it's, I, I came out of corporate America. It's few and far between that I think are doing it really, really well. Awesome. And are there any industries in your experience that are better suited to to keep and to the membership sites? You know, I, I I've been wanting to niche down into one industry. I mean, that's almost like the <laughs> cobbler's <laughs> children. You but, have to niche down. We, on the other hand, <laughs> serve everybody. <laughs> yeah, we, we serve everybody. Anybody can use Keep. Uh, online courses is something that just about everybody uses. I mean, I've got one customer that runs a dating site. Go, I mean, that one was real. That one really threw me. But, it, you know, someone who's teaching golf, someone who's showing people how to uh, do day trading, they're all over the place. So online courses is more like a... It's a function that can be used by anybody that's got some sort of knowledge. Uh, but a lot of people who could be in online courses don't even know they have knowledge they could make a course out of. Mm -hmm. So from a, from a marketing standpoint, for me, it's kind of a pain. But um, but it, it really can apply to just about anybody. Well, and 
it is kind of funny because I'm I'm thinking, well, I could throw something out at you. And but of course, everything I think of is, you know, dog trainers, dog groomers, electricians, um, lawyers, um, <laughs> dancers. Yeah. Yes. Well, just imagine I'm a dog groomer and I'm really good at, you know, I, I'm looking here at my poodle who's quiet right now and I know how to groom poodles. So could I put together an instruction manual on how to groom poodles? I'm sure I could. And could I put that online? Well, now you've got something that could be sold to dog groomers in general. Um, so, it, you know, just about anybody has some skill that can be made into a course, especially in the world of video, when you can record videos, you know, at the drop of a hat. And and by the way, I encourage about anybody, if you don't think you're good at video, just start doing it until you do it acceptably good. And most people are probably more self-critical than they need to be because they're probably a lot better than they think they are. <laughs> Absolutely. I agree with that wholeheartedly. I heard, best advice I ever heard once was you look the way you look and you sound the way you sound. Now go and do it. <laughs> you know, I had a, I won't say her name, but there was a lady that I, I know from the, the keep community and I, on Facebook, I noticed that she, I'd never really seen her on video and I'm seeing her do very random videos and they're, you know, only about two or three, hey, I'm in the Jeep here and we're, we're going to go hiking up into the desert and we're doing this. And then the next day is I'm here with my daughter and we're cooking something. And it was like every day. And I, I finally just texted her and I'm going, what's behind this campaign that I thought I was seeing? She goes, my coach told me that my fear of doing video has to stop. And she put me on a plan which was record a two minute video every day and publish it. And she said, do it live. Don't do it like, just go live. And apparently she got over her fear. Nice. And, and by the way, they even the first one I thought was definitely acceptable. So it's almost like a mental, you know, fart that we have that keeps <laughs> us from, you know, being that vulnerable, I guess. <laughs> and and I, you gotta love the way a marketer thinks. It's like totally random videos. There's got to be a strategy for that. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm kind of like trying to reverse engineer it going, what is she trying to sell? <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Outdoor living, going and visiting. Who knows? That's hilarious. So in the world uh, that we are in right now, do you think that video and online courses, membership sites are more important, less important, a dying breed, a not even close to the precipice yet? Where do you think we're at? You, you know, it, online courses can be used in a lot of different ways. Um, I, I just published a, a, a V-blog yesterday, and I, some people come up and think, okay, I've got to put everything I'm doing on hold, or I've got to dedicate a ton of time to this new business venture, which is the online course. And yes, you could do it that way. But what you can also be doing is you're probably already doing something. You know, and let's say, I don't know, you're a personal injury attorney and I'm, I'm just randomly picking one, right? Um, and I could come up and create a do-it-yourself, um, you know, personal injury kit for people who think they've gone, you know, they got a case or something that preps them for an attorney. And, and it, it can almost be used as a lead magnet. It could be used as a way to showcase what you know. Um, it can be done so that maybe the first three of 12 lessons are free and given away as a as a free trial. And then when you get to number four, 
you know, then you got to pay. Uh, so it, it can kind of fit in a lot of different different ways. Uh, I think a lot of people overthink. Um, they've been in courses themselves and they're thinking, oh, I've got to create, you know, 12 super long lessons with very, you know, extensive video productions. Uh, and, and I'm telling you, look, start simple, do a lot of testing, uh, talk to the people who could be your potential clients. And, and we have a program where we we show people, here's here's a set of questions, get on the phone and start calling people. And we ask them, what are the things that keep you up at night? Um, you know, what are the biggest challenge? What are your biggest frustrations? What would you pay to get your problem solved? Um, you know, a lot of these things so that you really tap into, you know, hopefully the, the lowest hanging fruit so that your first course, the one that you go to market uh, with first is a good test drive to first of all, see, do you have a market? Just as importantly, to give yourself the confidence that you're headed in the right direction and you're not just, you know, off on a very expensive hobby um, before, you know, and then what do you learn from that? Because you'll go through that experience, you'll get feedback from people, people will get to the end of what hopefully is only a short four to eight week course, and then they'll go, hey boss, what do I need to do next? Or, uh, hey, do you have a course that does this? Oh, no, I don't, but maybe I should. So, it, you know, make it feel more like an evolution than uh, I've got to invent something and then, you know, have it be successful right away. Awesome. So what are some of the downfalls to um, kind of going the cheap route, if you will, um, by just, say, putting a series out on Facebook or LinkedIn or YouTube versus having, a, you know, your own Infusionsoft and your own website and having that set well, up that uh, our like I mean, we build solutions. So we build WordPress sites with LearnDash connected to Infusionsoft with Memberium. And I mean, you know, we built... Our best customers are ones that were either on another platform and then needed to, to get the benefits that come with a, a better, you know, more improved platform. They've already got content. They've already got customers. So a move like that is more than justified because the ROI is there. Um, it, you know, then you have people on the other side. And I'm sorry, am I going on a tangent here? Nope, you're doing fine. Okay. Um, <laughs> but it... If you're starting off, I recommend forget the technology because the technology will take care of itself. I mean, and, and honestly, I'm not just saying because we build this and it's easy for us, but if you've got revenue coming in with some sort of course, you'll figure out a way to do the technology part. But identifying a market where people will buy is the absolute hardest thing. And so if you can if you can get, you know, do the research and, and find you know, let's say eight beta customers that will go with you in a, let's say a coached version where I'm teaching once a week for an hour, maybe an hour and a half, depending on how complex your topic is and get them a very solid solution, fixed, addressed, some measure of success in six weeks. Usually you don't want it to be much longer than that. You don't have to even have the material when you're selling it. You want to sell something that you haven't put a whole lot of effort into, but you you know you know your topic so well that teaching it should be very easy, right? Then 
schedule some Zoom calls. And frankly, if you want to get high tech, you can go with maybe a private Facebook group for people to discuss those solutions, you know, to get answers, ask questions, to build a little camaraderie among this initial group of yours. And you've probably got about as much technology as you need. Now, of course, you know, I'm underselling myself here. Yeah, I don't uh, know if anybody's called a Facebook group high tech in quite a while. <laughs> right, but I'm just saying anybody can kind of do it. Yep. Uh, but the most important part is, can you get through that course? It, the, the other benefit is now you've got people who are going, hey, that was a really good course. Will you get me a testimonial? And as a matter of fact, even ask them up front, hey, I'm going to put you through this program. It's going to cost you some discounted price. You want them to pay something because otherwise they won't take it seriously. They, they have to have some amount of money uh, skin in the game. Mm -hmm. Now they can come up, go through it. And now they're saying, hey, I work with George. This guy is the rock star in this subject matter. Uh, I got everything I wanted and more. And now your sales page for your program, it can be that much more solid because you have real solid proof and you, you know, take pictures, you know, it's Michelle Nedelec from this company who's from, you know, this town as opposed to some, you know, mysterious Fred. Yes, from, yeah. <laughs> Although I don't mind being referred to it that way, but you yeah. know, on my testimonials, put my whole name, you're good. So what are some of your pet peeves in the industry of either things that people are pushing that shouldn't be pushed, things that are going awry that shouldn't go awry? So pet peeves. So I I, I see a lot of people that, that that even come to me asking me to build things based on what they've seen other people do. Um, and I mean, kind of a pet peeve is, I mean, I've only been doing this, what? eight plus 10 years in however many you're counting and and they tell me how to do my job and it's like okay and and i'm i'm a good business owner i'm a good salesperson but those are probably dead end deals eventually because if i'm doing what they want me to do they're probably not getting the real benefits from what i can offer them mm -hmm. um so customers who kind of believe they know more than i do I have had some customers because I, I have during my sales call, I'm almost trying to push people away. Uh, I went through Sandler sales training years ago. I put myself through that. And it's kind of like, no, I, I don't think we're a good match. You know, you, you're almost wanting to keep them, you know, force them to really commit to the decision. So you don't have people that are kind of waffling their way in. Um, and um, and it, it makes for, you know, for identifying better customers. But as far as I do see people who are pushing, like, for example, I think I get approached every other day by someone that's saying, hey, um, do you need help selling high ticket items? And, and even high ticket item, I didn't even know what that was until somebody I knew. I go, dude, what, what is this high ticket selling thing that you're doing? It's like, oh, anything over, I think it's like $2,000. And it's like... That just doesn't seem to me to be a good approach. Um, maybe in the short term or maybe in the old days where people were making a lot of money, um, selling courses or selling products that sold well but didn't necessarily deliver. Um, you know, and that's where, you know, you, you'd have people coming up and saying, hey, and here's this bonus and here's this other bonus. And oh, by the way, if you buy before, you know, March 1st, which is next Monday, August 1st, um, you know, you'll get this even bigger deal. Um, and I've even seen 
I mean, I, I, I went to, I won't even say who the vendor was because it'll get me in trouble, but I was at one of these stage shows where the guy was on stage and they're saying, look, the first 10 people that go to the back of the room and buy this is super deal is going to get, you know, this, this huge other thing. And I, I, I know this tool really well. And I was kind of going that the bonus is totally bogus and useless. That's not going to get anybody anywhere. And I saw people in line counting. Oh, okay. Like, you know, I was, you know, I'm not number 11 or 12. And I go, those people are probably going to want a refund in a month or two when they realize that they're overpaying for something that they probably don't need. Um, I, I'm just, that kind of stuff just bugs me because I, I don't like being ripped off. I don't like ripping people off and it's just not good business for anybody. Absolutely. Totally agree. So I think that the reason a lot of um, people come to us as well and say, Hey, this is what I want to do. And this is the way I want to set it up. And we're like, well, that's probably not the best practice. <laughs> you really don't want to do that. Actually. <laughs> you, you really don't want to Google will not be happy with you if you do it that way. Um, but I think they're they're trying to come up with something. They're trying to be prepared to have this meeting and say, "Hey, I'm not completely, uh, you know, in the dark. I have something." Sure, sure. <laughs> will, will you take me on as a client? Um, so, what kind of things would you say to our listeners if you're interested in kind of looking at what membership sites can do for you and things like that? What should they have prepared for you? Um, um, well, uh, I mean. The most important thing is that they know their subject matter really well. Um, it, you know, if you're half baked as an expert, that's never good. Your your content has to be good, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be in charge of all your content. It could be that you're the front person, and you have some really sharp people helping you with content. So, content is important. I, I've been in a lot of projects where people are oh, we've got to record all these videos and then we've got a video editor doing it. And I mean, I've mothballed projects for six months waiting for something to get delivered. Um, but uh, uh, an educated customer who I don't have to babysit and help understand a lot of the basics of marketing is a big advantage for all of us because first of all, I don't have to charge them as much because it's not going to be as time consuming. And we can build a, a really healthy partnership them being the expert in their market, in their subject matter expertise. And we can come up and use our years of experience to say, you know, we had a customer that was like that and here's how we built theirs or here's how we, you know, configured their system. And between us, we can make a really valuable partnership. You know, us knowing the best practices, them knowing their business and their best practices and their content. And together we can really, um, you know, build something ongoing that can be, you know, very beneficial to them. I love it. So can you give us an example of one of your Cinderella stories of one of your clients? Maybe they were a complete mess when they came to you and <laughs> you got it cleared up or something. Yeah. It, you know, it's funny because I, I was talking to a, a, kind of a, a, a young guy who I was mentoring and I was describing to him a couple projects, and it seemed like every project I brought up was like a mop-up project. Uh, we we take on a lot of sites that are probably bigger and more complicated than they should have been built by people who were kind of learning as they went. 
Uh, and then our job is kind of to, you know, make it better. Um, but I mean, for example, we, you know, one example, and this was a little bit off of our, our standard stuff is we, we work with a company that, and it's a one man shop who has a dating site for reformed Christians. Now I'm, I'm Catholic and I, I know a lot about different Christian religions. I'd never heard of that term. Although once he explained it to me, I kind of got it. And he had been through, I don't know how many consultants. Um, he is a firefighter, you know, first responder type, not at all technical, but he found his wife through one of his earlier inceptions of this idea, because apparently that audience isn't being serviced. So um, he's built a buddy boss site, which is probably not the platform I would have selected for a dating platform, but it works. And, um, you know, the thing is they didn't know the search engine optimization part of it. So he was making decent money. And then all of a sudden his traffic started going down and we've been able to come up and double his income um, by doing, I mean, what I think is, is very just, you know, simple block and tackling kind of moves. It's like, let's go after some less than competed for terms on the internet and and let's just attract more audience because and again once you start you're in the site and you're reading what people are saying and how happy they are and then the testimonials i met this lady and i met this guy and good search engine optimization especially in a non-competed for set of terms and there's tons of them depending on your market can be very effective because within 30 days you can get to page one if you know what you're doing um, and, you know, they're on page one of Reformed Christian dating, Reformed Christian singles, you know, and then we went after Presbyterian and Lutheran and other things. Um, and it's, it's really cool to see a retired, you know, first responder saying, man, this is pretty cool. <laughs> you know, he's, he's actually making money. And now he wants to clone the site and hit like another niche market. Um, so, I mean, it's not necessarily membership site, but he's using all the membership technologies, which again, it's, it, it, that's why I'm saying, can I service a niche? Well, I guess I could service the Christian dating niche, but you know, <laughs> sounds like he has it in a corner, <laughs> he, he's got that niche. but I mean, how many people are doing dating sites and do you really, I mean, that, that's just off the beaten path, but it was really a good match for us technology wise. Nice. I love that. So what are some of the stumbling blocks that somebody might be having listening to this and going, oh my God, George, I need you so badly. You know, uh, uh, I did, a, I, I used my own program on one of my programs and I assumed that people's biggest issue when building a membership site was the technology. That's, you know, me being the engineer. Um, and so I went out and I surveyed um, and, and you only really, you know, using the kind of the methodology where you don't have to survey about 12, 15 people, it's it, it, finding the people is the hardest. We actually have a good way to recommend to do that. And when I surveyed people, the biggest fear was I'm going to spend all this time, money and effort, and I'm not going to get results. That is, I mean, it, it literally came hands down the biggest fear, you know, I'm going to jump into the opportunity cost of spending all that effort is not going to pay off. Mm -hmm. um, and when I first taught it, I, I still thought that 
the technology part was so important that I kind of bolted it on at the end. And I got through about half of what I thought the course was. And my beta customers were like super happy. It's almost like I got everything I wanted. And I go, no, no, wait, there's more. And they're going, that's cool, but I'm not ready for the technology yet. Um, and I, I mean, as a result, I've split that in two. And then what I also realized is the technology part is complicated and varied enough that it's not a course. It's a something else. I mean, we do a lot of consulting and customer, but that front piece of identifying your market, getting yourself past the will this sell is something that that just holds a lot of people back. Um, and and we, we literally get them from running the survey, using the survey to build a landing page that they can use to sell their course. And they're not selling it like, let me post stuff on Facebook. It's you call people up and you say, hey, you told me you were interested in this. I surveyed you. And you said, as one of the questions, it'd be okay for me to call you. Um, and then you present the answer. You know, you, you present that to them. You give it to them at a good price. Um, and that exercise, I mean, not only gets you some customers, but in the back of your mind, it's like, ooh, not only will it sell, but I can sell it, which is two different things. Um, you know, a lot of us business owners are a little gun shy with our stuff, and it really throws you out there in, in the face of folks. And if you can get a certain beta group through that program, then taking it to the next level um, is not nearly as mentally challenging. I mean, there's a lot of complexity, but you got past the mental blocks. I love that. So I know our listeners are going to want more from you. How did they start their journey with you? So uh, if you visit my website at LarryJacob.com, um, Larry's my dad, Jacob's my grandfather, because I get that question all the time. So LarryJacob.com is our website. There's a big button at the top that says, um, contact us to discuss your, your thing. Uh, our phone number is up there. Um, there's a, a little chat box that shows up and hits my phone. So getting a hold of us is pretty straightforward. Uh, you can also visit, uh, we have a Facebook group uh, at ProfitableOnlineCourseBuilders.com. It's a mouthful, but it'll get you to us. <laughs> nice, I love it. So George, I have to ask you, at what point in life did you know that you were a special kind of crazy enough to think that you could become a successful entrepreneur or an entrepreneur period? <laughs> My wife laughs a lot more at this than I do. Uh, so I was I was running this business three years into it. I was making as much money with my side gig as I was with my day job. And uh, our company got bought and, you know, one of those things. So I get laid off. And my wife's, I get home and my wife's going, you're not going to get a job, are you? And I go, I already have a job. <laughs> so uh, it the fact that our marriage actually survived and we're doing well was kind of a big feat too. But uh, I, I had been, my dad was an entrepreneur. My grandfather was an entrepreneur. My grandfather on the other side was an entrepreneur. Um, it, it, we've been doing it. I've been seeing people doing it. Corporate worked really well when I was a software engineer. I mean, I worked for IBM and Compaq and KPMG Consulting. And I really was fed up working for folks that, I didn't think we're as sharp as I was. Um, and, um, it, you know, I, I was mentoring a, a young guy yesterday and I go, look, it's the absolute hardest, crummiest, stress-fulfilled job I've ever had. 
that I've ever loved. And I, you know, the, the idea of going back to working for someone else to me is like, oh, just a nightmare. <laughs> right. I don't think they could handle us anyways. <laughs> yeah. if, if you wanted an honest answer, you got it. <laughs> that was it. Awesome. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it immensely. I know how valuable it is. Any last words for our peeps? No, I, um, I, I really enjoy working with entrepreneurs. I understand the struggle. Um, and I, I really enjoy working with folks that are trying to make a difference, you know, for their families, with their income, with, uh, you know, their customers and the impact they can make in their lives and businesses. Um, and, and I just really enjoy doing this kind of stuff. Love it. Awesome. Peeps, this is Michelle Nedelec. Thank you for being here with us today. Be sure to subscribe to the show and join our Facebook group, Business Ownership Secrets to Scaling. We love helping you to grow. Thank you for listening to our show. I'm all about being a resource center for entrepreneurs to give them the information and the support that they need to make it in business. As such, the notes for this show can be found at our website at awarenessstrategies.com slash blog. Be sure to subscribe, give us a rating, I like five stars personally, and share with your friends.